common questions about the home office deduction. Hi, this is Alex Lynch, and I help freelancers earning six figures or more optimize their finances all in the amount of time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. For additional resources on this subject and others important to freelancers, please check out our website, freelancefinancefix.com. Getting the home office deduction right is critical for non-W-2 employees. That is, you freelancers and solopreneurs out there who can take advantage of the deduction. To recap last episode and the home office deduction again, it is the tax benefit where you get to deduct a portion of your home expenses, like your home mortgage interest, utilities, repairs, etc., against the revenue of your business. And many, many people out there are making mistakes claiming it. Last episode, we talked about how every home and business is different and you need to evaluate and make sure you're using the most advantageous calculation possible in determining the business use percentage of your home. And be reasonable and make sure you clearly support whatever calculation you do use. For more information on it, please check out IRS Publication 587 and review your IRS Tax Form 8829. Now, what is reasonable and defining what is business versus personal use and some general confusion between exclusive and regular use of an area is often a confusing point to talk about. Sometimes it just creates more questions than answers. During this episode, I'm going to go through several common questions regarding the home office deduction. First, if we have a bed in our home office, am I no longer able to collect the home office deduction for the room? Could you just subtract out the square footage of the bed? What do you do? This is a question without a simple answer. By definition, a bed inside of the room by itself in a vacuum wouldn't disqualify you for anything. However, if you get audited and an IRS agent is looking at your home or pictures of the room and sees your bed, they're probably going to think it's often used as a guest room. And the critical definition of the business exclusive use of the room definition may not be being met. As a bed in a room can reasonably imply that the space isn't solely used for business activities. Now, you could make some arguments where it is only storing of the bed, etc., but it is one I would have a hard time seeing a practical use case for. But what if you have a Murphy bed, one of those ones where you pull out a bed from the wall, and outside of business hours, you use it for guests? Again, I would refer you back to the regular and exclusive keyword there being exclusive use of the area. It would be hard for me to look an auditor straight in the eye and say that I invested a bunch of money in a Murphy bed, as those are not cheap, and that I never have any guests or anyone else sleep in it. So if you have a Murphy bed or a bed in your office area, 
it's going to be hard to legitimately claim the deduction. Now, what if you have a futon in your office? Now, that one's a little less clear cut, and I'll have to leave that one up to your own interpretation and along with your tax professional's interpretation. Common question number two, and a question that I love to discuss with clients. As we discussed in last episode, every home is different, and your home's unique layout can give you some advantages or disadvantages when it comes to calculating the home office deduction and percentage of home used for business purposes. What do we do with hallways, bathrooms, closets, or other spaces in the home? A fun example I like to run through is let's say you have a dedicated basement solely to the use of your business. Now to get to that business office in the basement, you have to go down both a staircase, a hallway, and there's also a bathroom down there. Now if you can honestly state that you only use the bathroom during your times when you're focused on your business, you only go down to the basement when you're doing things for your business, then you could potentially include all of the square footage for your closet down there, your bathroom down there, the hallway you walk down, and the staircase could all be included in the business use calculation. But again, to remember the critical definition of regular and exclusive use by the business, if it is a bathroom that is sometimes used by guests or other members of the house, then it wouldn't meet the exclusive use definition. But as we just pointed out, if you have an entire floor devoted to your business, or what if your office is down a hallway and there's nothing else down that hallway, then potentially the entire square footage for the hallway could be used in that calculation. And without looking at a layout of your home or knowing your business, it's hard to give uniform answers to this question, but it really goes back to last episode where you need to know how your home is shaped and the layout and the number of rooms and make sure you've gone through a few different ways to calculate the home office deduction percentage of business use so that you are taking full advantage of that deduction. Third question I frequently get is about storage related to your business. And this is a really great question as there are some exceptions to the exclusivity test here. Let's say you have a workshop or you store a ton of tools for your business in your garage or you carry a bunch of inventory around the house. What I would suggest you do is tape off that area specifically related to the storage of the business that you have and take some pictures of that square footage. And if you are storing a significant amount of goods, definitely it may be worth paying a tax professional for their an hour of their time to dive into some of the nitty gritty of how that could be interpreted by the IRS. This jumps me into our fourth point of today and a great reminder and best practice involving the home office deduction. And that is to take photos of all of the areas you are claiming as a deduction. So take a photo of your home office on a great day where it is uncluttered by anything that could even remotely be construed as related to your personal life and store these photos. And if you do store goods anywhere else, take photos of those with clearly marked tape outlining the area for business use. This is a good reminder of record keeping in general, something that may or may not be a strength of yours. If it is not a strength, receipts and record keeping is a great activity to outsource or potentially delegate to a virtual assistant or tax preparation team so that you can focus on running and growing your business. But anything we do, especially when we are changing something we did year over year with our taxes, 
We really want documentation to support it. That includes our utility bill copies, photos, and so forth. So please, if you are not taking great records or don't have any photos, please go ahead and get that fixed. The sixth question I frequently get is around the definition of a primary place of business. This is a confusing one as defining what your primary place of business is often not incredibly straightforward. Particularly as a freelancer, you may spend a ton of your time working out of a coffee shop, or you may be in the trades as a plumber or electrician who goes to your clients' houses. So what exactly is your primary place of business? It's nice to note here that it is a more expansive definition than you may think. For example, a person in the trades who still goes out to other customers' houses to perform their service can still claim a home office deduction, as in their home, they are likely doing a lot of activities related to the running and administration and record keeping of their business. This is, again, depending on the nature of your business, may be a good area where you pay a tax professional for an hour of their time to ask them a few questions, particularly regarding how to maximize your home office deduction. In summary, the primary place of business is not a totally straightforward definition, and it may be more broad than you are thinking. So if you haven't been claiming a home office, I encourage you to dive in deeper into the minutiae here and see if you can get that deduction. The last question of today's episode is a follow-up to the last episode where we talked about some different methods of calculating the business use percentage of your home. And a follow-up to that is, yes, you can change the method you are using year over year. You can switch back and forth between the simplified method of calculating the deduction as well, as it may make sense in some years and not in others. So no, you are not locked into any method. And if you had been taking the not ideal calculation before, feel free to change it. However, one word of caution is that when you are changing this, please make sure you have those photos or supporting documentation as this could be a red flag by the IRS as they're sitting there wondering how you went from 10% of your home being allocated to your business to 30% the next year could raise some red flags. So please support and have documentation for anything you change. The fix is in. Please review your home and see if you can add any square footage to business use calculation. And please take photos of your office area and make sure you have great records related to the home office deduction. And if you didn't do last episode's homework of taking a look at publication 587, I encourage you to do so or schedule a time with your tax professional team and ask if there's anything more you should be doing. As a few tweaks to the home office calculation, deduction can save you a ton of money come tax time not just for one year, but every year you live in that house. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Freelance Finance Fix. Please check out our website for other information and blog posts related to freelancers. Our website again is freelancefinancefix.com. Thanks again. Before you go One thing you should know This isn't legal, tax, or investment advice It's just a show Cause tax laws are tricky And investment's complex Get professional advice Do more research So you'll never lose
Seriously, this isn't tax, legal, or investing advice.